We are. Oh God. Are you good? Yeah. (laughs) My voice cracked. Ah, we are live. Welcome back. My name is Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my co-host Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I'm usually the one with the voice crack, so I find that that really funny. Uh, Today was really funny because I woke up to getting tagged in a a clip of our show that I didn't post. I love it, man. We get free promotion all the time. This is great. This I don't have to do any work. I don't have to cut the clips. It's a good take that I had on Miami. Miami fans, though, like I'm, I'm surprised they're supporting their guy Tyler Van Dyke. No, well, like let crap me against Miami of Ohio. As somebody who has experienced um, talking with typical, just normal, I guess is what you'd call Miami fans. Yeah, they are one of the worst fan bases that I've ever encountered. And I, you know what's yeah. even more crazy? The most of the Miami fans that I know don't even remotely live close to Miami. None of them do. None of, None them, of them do. Like, well, that's that's the funniest part, because I tagged you in that post, that all these people, all these Miami fans, talk all this crap on Twitter, and they have to do a giveaway to get people to go to the actual game. I bet most of them don't even watch the games. Eh, Bro, how nuts is it that you got to give away tickets to go to Miami? To an SEC game. They're playing an SEC opponent, and you have to do a ticket giveaway in order to incentivize them to go to the game. Look, I know people that went to the University of Miami that are my age, that I went to high school with, family members that even went there. None of them care about football. It's a, it's a pool party at school. It's a great academic school. The fans, most of them don't, didn't even go there. So, I, I don't know. The whole thing's a joke. I really... I really don't care. I, I do have a fun game, though, that I want to start playing, though, Blake, because okay. we're, two, we're two weeks in a row here where I have successfully pissed off a different fan base, and we're only two weeks All into in the season. All in the state of Florida. Both in the state of Florida. So let's – I'm going to read you three games next week. I want you to see if we can correctly predict which fan base is going to get upset on okay. Tuesday. Okay. All right, here are the three games that we're probably going to do next week. It's a terrible slate. Missouri-Kansas State, Penn State-Illinois – Mississippi State. Oh, Penn State. Penn State. You think I'm going to say something dumb that's going to piss off Penn State fans? Yes, because I know how much you love the fighting Illini. I'm pushing all my chips in on Penn State. But here's the thing. Penn State fans don't really, like, come after anybody. I've never met. So, what was the third one? LSU, Mississippi State? Yeah. Are Mississippi State fans aggressive enough that I might anger them? God, I want to say something about Mississippi State fans, but we'd be canceled. You know, don't (laughs) give an analogy of a Mississippi State fan. You know that guy, and this probably doesn't happen where you're from, but he wears like button up long sleeves and a cowboy hat. He wear he tucks it in with his jeans and boots, and he's got another type truck. I know it's it's honestly the the prerequisite to having a small penis. Anyway. So you might have beat me to it. I think you're going to already piss them off before we even get to get to I don't point. hate Mississippi State. I, I actually do like Mississippi State a lot. I'm just yeah. I'm just joking. But I don't know. That's going to be interesting. I do think it's going to be Penn State. I I, I will okay. I, I will stay there because I do think you'll you're going to pick the Illini to cover at minimum. Yeah, I'm probably going to have a weird take that's going to lead to that, but uh we'll we'll see if that pans out. We'll see if that pans out. Yeah, I mean 
And look, we'll see what happens next week. LSU's got to respond after the loss to Florida State. They'll really, I mean, they'll look, they're playing grambling this weekend. So you're not going to learn a lot. But we do have a big slate. Look, Clemson and Duke faced off, and you had a good take a while back in reference to you thought it'd be closer than some of the experts thought. Even, yeah. you, even myself, I didn't think it would be. Obviously, I thought Clemson was going to win, but I thought that they went by two scores. We talked about uh, Riley Leonard. We talked about their defense, but, man, Joe, Clemson does not look good, buddy. They do not look good at all. And it's all because of the actions and the words and the decision-making of the man leading the program, and we're going to get into that. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. The guy is coaching like it's 2010, and it's 2023. Look, I'm going to say something. I'm not fully convinced on – K Klubnik either right after that no no I mean because Joe there were a lot of guys that he missed that were wide open like we thought like the who's the tall kid the Bo Collins I remember uh Tom Luganville saying something like along the sidelines he's like at some point Klubnik's you know you're throwing a 10-yard hitch route like this isn't like big-time college football quarterbacks have to make this throw and he's airmailing them yeah I I I don't know if it was entirely on on him because no, it wasn't. My well, thing though he is did fumble the ball twice in the red zone though. Yes, yes. But my big concern that I had over the offseason really came to truth, which is are the receivers going to be good enough? And man, nobody was open. It felt like there were, he it was his fault for missing the guys that he had easy throws and not hitting those completions because that kind of allowed it to spiral further and further. But, man, there is just no separation from those receivers. There's no big play threats in that receiving room. Yeah, they got they got an – well, and, but here's the thing, though, Joe. Name one time that they took a shot. You know, at halftime, he would yeah. – uh, Klubnik had 24 passing attempts. Only one went beyond 10 yards. So how do we know? Like, That's I, I true. Mean, how do we know that they're not getting separation? Joe, I mean, there's not a lot of separation you can get on a hitch. I, I'm sorry, yeah. but there, yes. there's not. So yes. when you talk about that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, you can't throw the ball, ball 24 times and a half and not get one past the 10-yard line and think that you're going to be okay. All right? So we'll talk about that and break that down. Alabama, Alabama and Texas, we'll talk about that as well. Colorado at Nebraska – or Colorado versus Nebraska mm-hmm. and Ole Miss versus Tulane. Is that how you guys pronounce it? Tulin? No. <laughs> um, I have some Jewish uh, people in my family, and they uh, they call it something completely different. So if they're watching the show, they know what uh, what I'm saying. Shout out to uh, Tulane and the family. All right, let's get this rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. If you're on Facebook, you guys continue to dominate on the likes, shares, comments, all that stuff on Facebook. Continue to do that for us. Here tonight, like, share all those groups to your social media pages, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, Joe, we're constantly growing. Yeah. The, and man, I thought I was demonetized yesterday. When all I, that, told, I told you, you just got to give it, give yeah, it a second. I, gotta, I was, I was nervous. I thought I said, cause look, I see, and if you don't say anything crazy, you, you don't have to worry about it, but there's no telling what I say sometimes. So you, you, you never, <laughs> you, you never really know. 
So, but we're getting close to 2000 though. That's the, this channel is getting really close to 2000. I think that we're going to get there by the end of September. I really do. Let's do it. Everybody, if you haven't done so already, hit the like and subscribe button and notification bell there. If you're listening to us uh, on podcast, we mentioned that. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Dabo, you've got to go in the portal and we're not talking Marvel. We talk about that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're going to find out this weekend if they are back. Yes. Yes, we are. Look, I, I there's a lot of people I, I really listen to in this business. Joe, you got some people out there saying that they're going to cover. I don't – the point What's spread – What's the line? I think it's, what, eight, seven or eight? I don't think that's actually unreasonable, but when we unpack this game in like I, 10 minutes – I'm not ready to go there yet with, with that quarterback situation in Alabama. Do I think they're going to win? Yes. But I, yes. I I would stay away from the the points. What I was going to say though is that I think that we could have like a seven point game that it feels like Alabama kicks the crap out of them, but because of the nature of the way that they play and the way that they played against Middle Tennessee State, it could be really low scoring and it might not look as bad in the box score. Yeah, it could be twenty seventeen and you get a late score, right? You know, and so we'll see. All right, before we get to Alabama and Texas, Joe, this is the only thing. There, I got two things I want to say on Duke and Clemson, okay? We're not going to stay too long on it here. But number one, Duke absolutely destroyed them up front. The, I did not yes. see that one coming. I, I thought that, look, Klubnik would get a help with his running game. Look, they could not get a lot of separation even in the running game. I thought the play calling was – I thought it was fine to some extent. Let your playmakers get out in space. But they just – Joe, they had too many turnovers in the red zone. When you do stuff like that, block kicks, miss kicks, you, that you're going to lose when you have stuff like that. But here's the thing. Dabo is going to have to go in the portal or he's going to continue to lose. Florida State in his own conference showed what happens when you go in the portal. Mm. He, he's, they've shown it. If Dabo wants to continue to be hard-headed and not want to talk about NIL in the portal, good on him. But you're, you're going to be a subpar program. So first thing before I get in on Dabo, huge shout-out to Duke, the way that they played. That was an awesome game. Mike Elko. Played out. Mike Elko, man. I, I've already spoken really highly on Riley Leonard on this program, on other programs. That run he had, Joe, oh, my God. He's an athlete. He's a really, really good athlete. There's videos of him dunking. Like, he is a fantastic player. 
turn in his homework late for crying out loud, huh? Nah, man, it's Duke. Do your damn homework on time, man. You knew that you were playing Clemson on a Monday night. You had the whole weekend. Do your homework. You know what I, you know what I envision that, that goes on at Duke? Like what? When you're hitting on a girl, be like, hey, girl, I'll do your homework. That's probably true. Or probably. I'm I'm interning at J.P. Morgan this summer. That's the, you know, that's probably the the usual. My usual. daddy has a yacht. Continue, continue. Um, we know how good Riley Leonard is. He's going to be a first round pick, if not an early second round pick. Book that right now. Mike Elko, I'm telling you, at the end of this season is going to be the most highly sought after um, mid tier P5 coach that's out there on the market. I really do think that whatever opening comes open first. Somebody is going to go after him, even what, if maybe what they. What school would that be, though? Maybe no. That's actually really good. I would argue that like that West Virginia job when that opens up, that's a that's a higher up job than. Ah, uh, he better not go to. Duke. he can't go to West Virginia, bro. I don't know, man. Look at the facility difference between Duke and West Virginia. Yeah, but you can also wait to get something else because something's bound to come open. That's the first one that comes to mind. Boston College will probably open up, but that's not like that's Nobody kind of like a lateral clam move. Chowder. Right. That's you a lateral move. Not a clam chowder eater. There's probably one that we're not thinking of that I, I don't know what is off the top of my head, but Florida? whatever it is, if that theoretically opened up, I don't know why you wouldn't go after Mike Elko. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Or if there's like a if there's like a move where somebody else goes to Florida and that job opens up he could be the replacement for that coach leaving. Maybe that kind of a situation. But to talk on Dabo, though, Blake, you said it about the portal. I, I, I am so sick and tired of watching this guy. The guy is so self-absorbed, and I have said it multiple times on multiple shows. He is extremely overrated. I get it. He won national championships. But the best head coaches in any sport – adapt as the sport evolves. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have lasted as long as they have because they have not been stubborn and they have adjusted immediately. In the minute uh, that they... Bill, Bill didn't adjust after Brady left. Well, uh, you know what I mean, though. That he is always innovating. He is always willing to stay caught up schematically. He's struggling right now. That's a separate issue. But Nick specifically has always changed with the times he has never hesitated to make changes and when he encounters any struggle he's ready to make that change and react to what's working Dabo has been coaching this program like it's 2012 that he has spoken negatively on NIL he has spoken negatively on the transfer portal they could have used so many of the receivers that hopped in the portal I think there were like 300 something kids that hopped in the, in the portal at the receiver position a hundred plus ended up going to P five programs. Didn't bring in any of those guys, but my biggest thing and the concern that I have is what I sent to you in the middle of this game, a quote that was from the broadcast of, I think it was like a sideline reporter asked Dabo, like, what are we expecting to see from Garrett Riley's new offense? And he phrased it as, yeah, it was great. My buddy, Graham coffee over at dog central. He said that this is the Clemson offense and he's going to be running it. It's a collaborative effort. I feel like there's so much meddling because he is unwilling to just let somebody else take over and do what they're good at doing because that offense is not the TCU offense that we watched. That's not the TCU offense. That looked like the same offense that we've seen that had some slight changes. Hold on now. Hold okay. on now. 
I would agree with you if they didn't outgain Duke. Their red zone, their red zone issues, and their players not being focused in the red zone beat them. Yes. Not, well, that's a general not, head coaching issue. Well, it is, but it's also a, a personnel issue. Yes. Like they had a personnel. I don't think Dabo really meddled. Joe, they did not look the same. Schematically, schematically, they did not look the same. You know that that's true. The the screens that they were running to Shipley, the, okay. the things that they did with him out of the backfield, they had a personnel issue. They didn't Dabo let Dabo let Riley Cook now. Like you gotta give him that now. Let, let me rephrase a little bit. The conservative level of the play calling is not I will what give you we that. saw from TCU last year. I, I feel will give you like that. With the personnel limitations, and I wonder if Dabo is trying to get him to call it similar to the ways that the past offensive coordinators have called it, where it's a lot of you know that 10 to 15 yard range. It's not taking a lot of shots, and they don't have the bodies for it, but they're so behind, man. That that team is continually regressing on a year-to-year basis. Here's the thing, though. He can flip the script. They can flip the script if they go in the portal. Yes, but he has an opportunity to flip the script. Does he though? I don't know. Does he up to him? I, I don't know Dabo that well. I, I, I don't. Look, here's okay. the truth that I don't think a lot of people I don't I'm not a massive Dabo fan. I just don't think he's as overrated as everybody says he is. Right? Like I just come on, man. Anytime a coach wins two national titles and they're like, Well, yeah, generational quarterbacks. I don't uh, and he recruited him to come there. I get what you're saying, though. I, I, I understand it. He's got a decision he's got to make. Him talking about Jesus the way that he does, it does not bother me. Because people don't care, didn't care about it when Tebow yeah. did it. Pe- you know, people loved it when Tebow did it. And that's his faith. If someone wants to be on a platform and talk about whatever they want to talk about, that's on them. Right, I'm that's ever, I'm not going to ever censor somebody on what they want to talk about. But here's the nuts, nuts and bolts on it. Uh-huh. He's got to get better personnel up front, offensively, and he, I do agree he's got to stop dabbling. How do you like that? That's he's a good not, one. He's dabbling in the offense. Oh, my God. That's a dad pun, if ever. <laughs> I'm a father of two, Joe. I'm I know. I'm a father of two. I do agree that they got. he's got to change some things, or Joe, he's going to be out. He's going to have to retire, or they're going to force him out. I don't ever see a scenario where they fire him, but man, my final hot, good. my final hot take. I think that whatever happens this year, next year he's on the hot seat. If if things if they finish with more than if they finish with more than two losses, next year he's on the hot seat. And if there's not a rapid turnaround, I bet you, as you're talking about, they will force him out. Let me end with this. Let's I, let me just end with this. Week one brings a lot of overreactions. Fair. A lot of overreactions. Fair. Georgia played Kent State a year ago and looked like shit. And everybody's like, oh, they don't have it this year. I remember a guy that looks exactly like you. It's crazy. You said, Stetson Bennett sucks. Let's 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 calm down. Okay. Let's just calm down. But it didn't – because, Joe, I, I at least for me – at least for me, I'm able to look at a game 
And we talked about this all throughout the year last year, right? We talked about this with Tennessee and Georgia a year ago, Missouri and Georgia a year ago. I'm able to look at a game and not look at the final score and say, oh, well, they just got this, that, and a third. They got to the red zone every time they touched the football outside of the turnovers. They got there. They it, Joe, if they would have just converted on two of them, if they would have gone up in that game, Duke is not going to be – is not going to keep up with them offensively. I'm able to rationalize, I think, in that. All right, we spent way too much time on yes. this. Yeah, let's, let's wanna, get to the games. Well, I mean, it is Dabo. You want right. to get? Let's get to Alabama and Texas. Alabama, Joe. I'm going to continue to stay on my on my thought here. Quinn Ewers cannot lead them to a victory in Tuscaloosa versus Alabama. Just, I, I mean, I was told that their offensive line was supposed to be one of, if not the best, in the country all offseason. That their receivers got massive separation. Well, what happened against Rice? Now, do they have the ability to be that? Yes, because they have a lot of talented dudes. But I don't know if you're going to be able to do that against Alabama. Joe, here's the thing that I saw from Alabama this past weekend. Defensively, I think that they're better. Yes. I know that my eye, I know that my eyes saw that they're faster, stronger. And this is with Will Anderson being out. They play more as a team unit, and Kevin Steele is going to do what he's got to do on the back end to help his guys out. The only problem that I have with Alabama in here is Jalen Milrow. I don't think this is a great quarterback matchup, but maybe it will turn out to be one. Hopefully it is one, so we have a really good game. I'm going to go with Alabama here because of Saban, because of what they can do in Tuscaloosa. And if Texas – look, if Alabama were to lose, everybody – you know, I've heard from everybody saying that this would be an indication on Nick. I don't believe that. If Texas does not win – this game on Saturday and Mm -hmm. you go 0 for 4 against the SEC since 2019 what do you have any faith in Sarkeesian or Texas that they can be anything coming into the SEC Saban can rebound from a loss we've seen him rebound from losses we've seen him do good things I don't Joe they got dudes all over the place I'm just I, I I do think it's a bigger game for Texas but I don't think that they win it yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. And I mean, Texas fans get upset at this if you want, but traveling to play at Alabama, even if, as we've actually described it, being a bit of a down year for them personnel-wise, you're still traveling on the road to play at Alabama. It is a Herculean task to pull off those away victories in Bryant-Denny Stadium. That is one of the hardest places to win in all of college football. No question. The way that I think that this game plays out, though, I, I – kind of go in line with that. I don't know if Alabama covers. I want to sit here and say that I don't trust Texas because they looked rusty and sloppy against Rice. I would like to think, and I think will happen, despite their rustiness against Rice, I think that they're going to come ready to play this game. I I don't think that they're going to show up and look as sloppy as they did last week because they're playing a team that they're overlooking. This is the biggest game on their schedule, except maybe Oklahoma when they play them, which is their biggest rival. This right. is a really important game for solidifying and reestablishing the momentum that this program has lacked for more than a decade. But I need to see for them to keep it within a score or close, don't see them winning, but for them to keep it less than seven points, Quinn 
has to be Quinn Ewers has to be consistently accurate. He can't be airmailing balls. He can't be misplacing easy catches. Hitting running backs in a helmet. That aren't looking for the football. Like he's got to reel it in and relax. I I said this the whole offseason, and he's the same guy, which is where I am so afraid. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can throw on the run. He could be such a threat in this game, and he was a threat last year when they played, but he's got to reel it in. And the way that they can do that is if Texas runs the ball more effectively. They didn't do a great job against a bad opponent last week. They need to pull that pressure off of Quinn because if he tries to do everything, which he tries to do all the time, they struggle. Yeah, and look, they're going to have to help him no matter what in running the football. Now, I don't think that what happened a year ago happens again. Um, I do think that this game could be close early. But here's the flip side of that coin, though, Joe. We say that about Quinn Ewers. Well, are we completely sure on Jalen Milrow? The difference, though, is that and this is why I'm like not going to come on here and, and be really negative on Jalen Milrow. They play in two completely different offenses. Yeah, this is his third start too. So that was what I wrote down, by the way. I wrote down that they need to avoid putting him in pressure situations. Like he can't get into third and long, as we've talked about a ton on this show. They got to run the ball efficiently and they got to keep everything third and short because the minute it goes to third and long, and I know he's got a good arm. He had a, a long touchdown pass over the top against Middle Tennessee State, but those things aren't going to be as easily and readily open as they were last week against Texas. Like they, he can't have all that pressure on his shoulders. He's he's still kind of figuring things out. Well, and I don't think here's what I think that their game plan is going to be too, Joe. I think that they're going to try to run it right down yeah. Texas's throat and make them play. Now, look, the problem and what makes this game interesting for me. Did you see that Texas defensive line last week? I don't care if they're going against air. I mean, they did not look bad. They do have some dudes in that front seven. I do think that this is an interesting matchup, to say the least. I, I The only question that I'm going to have here is this. How fired up are those guys at Alabama going to be about all the shit that they heard about, oh, well, Texas almost beat you, Texas almost beat you. How fired up is that team going to come out in and in Tuscaloosa? So that that's the question that's uh, that I have there. I know there's a lot of new faces, but like let's be honest here, you know, young young guys in their 20s playing football, you get pissed off when that stuff keeps getting brought up to you. They almost lost last year. You think that they're not going to come out swinging? They absolutely are, like you're saying. I will, and uh, we'll wait on our picks uh, to the end yes. of the show on who we have there. Colorado at Nebraska, man, I I got to tell you. I love that Fox is going back-to-back weeks to cover Colorado. I mean, it's easiest executive decision that we've ever seen in sports media. <laughs> well, I thought it was a brilliant one to do it week one. They could have yeah. gone anywhere. They yeah. literally could have gone to Ohio State. They could have gone to Michigan. They, they could have gone anywhere, but they picked Colorado and TCU. Now it's Colorado and Nebraska. Joe, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't think Nebraska can keep up here. I, I really no. just don't think that they have the green grass athletes that can keep up with Nebraska. Now, one thing when we were doing our game prep or, or show prep for this game that I continuously found myself writing down, how big, how big-headed, I should say, 
has those Colorado players and staff and everybody around them gotten? And can Dion, after a lot of success in week one, reel them in a little bit to be focused and play a new regime Nebraska team? When you have a team that's young and has a lot of success like that early, they can slip up. I don't think that they do. Right. Nebraska doesn't – look, if we're going – Nebraska just doesn't have the dudes, man. They no. don't. But you know what no. was interesting to me last week when they played Minnesota? Man, did they play hard and they played tough. They laid it everything out on the line. And even though that game was like 10 – what was it, 13-10 to 10 was the final score in that game? Nebraska mm-hmm. defensively was running all over the place. I do think that Colorado's offense is better than Minnesota's. Yeah. But, man, Nebraska could pose a little bit of a different challenge to that Colorado uh, uh, offensive line for sure. You bring up a really good point that I think that the only way that Colorado stumbles, and this happens all the time in college football, that you get really hyped up after a big win and you're starting to look at week 12 and you're looking past your next opponent that's easily defeatable – and you forget to really get yourself ready. But, it's man, a, I, I – what would you say? I said that out loud. I was saying it in my head. Chris H. says, where's the game at? It's in Colorado. No, it's in Colorado. No, you're good. I do think, though, that Coach Prime has proved to us that he is the type of guy that is going to make sure his guys are ready and focused because they were focused against TCU. I will say um, I regrettably had to watch, re-watch Minnesota versus Nebraska because I, I do some independent scouting. Uh, for a scouting agency, I was tasked with watching this. This is one of the worst football games I've ever watched in my life. And I, I got to be completely honest with you. You hit the nail on the head there. Nebraska, I, I think that they've got a lot of pride. I think that Matt Rule a is really A lot of pride, good. dude. They, they fought, but, man, they just don't have any any like legit athletes there. They except Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims is a, is a, is a legit athlete. But, man, but, but it's running for his Travis, life, man. Travis Hunter might pick that man off four times. But here's one thing I will say though. I, I'm not that you know I'm being I'm over exaggerating. No, no, I know. But, but if he throws in Travis Hunter's general direction twice, he going you, you ever seen the guy, the old guy, he's got like the the graph, he's like F up and find out. Yes. You, you're gonna F up and find out, Jeff Sims, if you throw it in that dude's general direction. Yeah, I I really think that this is going to be a, just a you know another step in the way. This is going to be just a step stool for for Colorado. But dude, I got to tell you, man, this has to be one of the weirdest stylistic matchups that we could have gotten after watching Colorado do what they did. They run the Viren shoot, which is rapid fire, get the ball out quick, throw the ball in the slot, uh, take some shots when you can, but it's just move, move, move. We're going to throw the football, and we're about to watch them face off with a team that is going to run three tight ends, that is going to run quarterback power, that is going to just line up in, in as many uh, run-focused situations as possible. I, I'm going to say this for any of our betting-savvy listeners. Don't bet the over-under. This game, I have no goddamn clue how this is going to play out. What, what is the over-under? In that I, game, I'm, you know? I, I'm going to check that right now on Bet Online. But this, this is the most chaotic game when it comes to just stylistic matchups because one team can't throw the ball and one can throw it for 600 yards if they wanted to. I, I do I do wonder how Colorado is going to respond after success. But on the flip side of that, 
I wonder how Matt Rule can rally his troops to get the guys ready this week. You know, look, the, they were on the road week one. But you know what's so wild about this matchup, too? Joe, one coach could be 2-0 oh, uh, and oh, and the other 0-2, oh, and, and they're mm -hmm. both in their first two games at their new programs. Talk about a completely different shift in yeah. momentum. Here's the here's the crazy thing for me though. Did you see the did you see this stat about Nebraska? They are two and fourteen since two thousand and twenty one in one score games. Let me say that again. The University of Nebraska is two and fourteen in one score games since twenty twenty one. Why do I have a very stinky feeling or just something in my gut tells me, hey man, they found ways to keep it to one score games against everybody. This might be a one score game and Colorado pulls it out. But how I got to admit this too. I feel so bad for the Nebraska fan base. Yeah. For you to be that close to winning that many games, Joe, and not being able to do it. Joe, they lost. Here's the crazy thing. Like, look at their yeah. schedule a year ago. They are one score away from being Northwestern, the worst team in college football a year ago, without question. And then they go through a Big Ten schedule, and they're able to keep up with everybody else, and they cannot find ways to win. Dude, the funniest part, though, and I guess it's kind of mean that I'm saying this is funny, it couldn't happen to the, to the more nicer people. Wait, let me rephrase Dude. that. It's happening to the nicest people in college football. I had nice things my about DMs uh, about six months ago, and I had never been trash talked so nicely a day in my life. They were I like, I hope your mother and them have a really bad day. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my uh, God. And then one guy sent so me, polite. He, one guy sent me like a, a, a picture with like, uh, 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 four corns, uh, four things of corn that have been like cut in half, and the middle ones like up to give me like the corn middle finger. And I'm like, Stop. Oh my God. Stop. Stop. Yes. Uh, and I told the guy, I was like, I can never pick you in another game when you have a fan base that sends me that kind of stuff. I think it was Matt, my co host, Matt Sims, who said that when he played against Nebraska, he was legitimately stunned by how polite they are it's it's we it is it is extremely weird it is i don't know i hope they figure it out but they're not going to figure it out against colorado colorado is going to probably you know win this by two plus scores i have a buddy that played in the big 12 when they were still in the big 12 when bo pelini was the head coach there and he told me when they went up to nebraska joe and played them that he he made like a really bad block and he's coming up to the sideline and the nebraska fan base is telling him you'll get him next time <laughs> And I'm like, oh that didn't happen. And then when I got older, <laughs> I realized it probably actually did happen uh, uh, to him. So we'll get to their picks on that one. Uh, you, so you feel like this one can be lifesided? Why do I feel that like Nebraska just somehow, some way stupid finds a way to keep it close? Well, that was kind of what I was getting at earlier. I feel like there's a possibility that they drag Colorado down to their level, but if we're being realistic with all the points that they just put up, all the speed that they had, even if this is close, they're going to score a couple late touchdowns that just pulls this thing away. Nebraska doesn't have the receivers that if this requires a last second drive or two, they, they can't move the ball quickly enough for that. You're probably right. 
Yeah, you're probably right. We do have a big game in the big city of New Orleans this weekend. Ah. Old Miss and Tulane. Are the Saints home this weekend? Yeah, I think they play the Titans. Okay. And no, I'm not talking about the Saints. Look, forget my ADHD. Sorry, that was... Look, what was... Did you get the over-under, by the way? Oh, it was 59 and a half. I'm thinking I might take the under. That's actually hilarious that it's that high. 59 and a half. That's assuming, theoretically, that we get like a 30 to 20 ball game. Well, here's the, here's another question in that. You know what that tells me, Joe? They don't think Colorado can stop Nebraska either. <laughs> That's disturbing. <laughs> now, uh, let me tell you something. If Colorado has back-to-back weeks and have given up – They give up bad points to Nebraska? That's well, bad. Well, and here's the thing. If they if they, the first two weeks of their defense or their tenure there with Dion defensively and they give up plus 70 points in the first two weeks, they got a problem, buddy. Yeah. They got That's a serious problem. All right. So Ole Miss travels down to Nolens to play the green wave of Tulane. Uh, Michael Pratt, the really good Tulane quarterback, apparently is going to be available for this game and is going to play. Apparently, he was a little injured, uh, but it looks like he's going to go. Joe, <laughs> I don't think it matters. I, I Look, Tulane was a, a good team last year. Joe, they went up against South Alabama and got their shit punched in. What? I thought that was the opposite. I thought they played really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they won the Mardi Gras Bowl. Good for you. I mean, like I'm the Louisiana's that is anybody in this chat right now. They won the Mardi Gras Bowl. Sounds good against U, uh, USA, South Alabama. Mm-hmm. But man, come on, come on. I know this game on paper sounds more fun than it Joe, actually is because they're both Joe, right. Joe. Okay. You know what game you saw with South Alabama and Tulane. Come on now. Okay, so for first of all, I think the Tulane secondary is really aggressive and they can make some plays. I think that there's a possibility for them to take the ball away. I think that they've got some good receivers. And if Michael Pratt's not that banged up and he's fine, he could take over some football games now. Like it's not like he's this isn't he's playing defensively. So let me, that's what I was about to get at. Okay. But as you're talking about their O line, D line is not gonna match up well against an SEC team. I feel like this is the type of game where the first quarter is going to be like 7-7 or 10-7. Maybe two lanes up, and we're going to be like, oh, my God, look at Ole Miss. Look at Ole Miss. Look how close this game is. Everybody, we got to watch out. And then it's the final score is going to be 35-10 to or 42-10, to something along those lines, because they've got more firepower. Jackson Dart, man, this is a really good stepping piece for him where he can just really show that ascension. He looked really good against, I know it's Mercer, and Mercer sucks but he's starting to look less robotic and more clean as a player. Can he be more reactive? Can he get the ball out quick? Can he stop overthinking things? And we know how good this run game is, man. Quinshawn Judkins doesn't even need 12 touches to go over 100 yards. Yulman Stadium might be full of red. There's a lot of people in the Gulf Coast that are Ole Miss fans, and that stadium could easily get quick and quickly turn red, and that'd be a home uh, – a uh, 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 away game away home yeah. game for them okay look we do this a lot in sports and and i am i am joe guilty as charged in doing this myself so i'm not 
calling out anybody because I, I do it all the time too. We look at teams in the past and say, oh, well, this game might be close because look at what Tulane did last year. They don't have a Tyree Spears. They got a former LSU offensive tackle Cam Wire at left tackle who is going to get a, might get obliterated this weekend. They might have to call the cops because he's going to get murdered out there at left tackle or right tackle, whichever they're, one they're going to play him at this week. I just and I watched the Tulane South Alabama game and I yeah. walked away from that game completely underwhelmed. Now, I do like Willie Fritz a lot, but man, Lane's going to go in there and Lane's going to go in there and, and 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 probably put up as many points as he wants to. I don't think that they get stopped at all. So I guess yeah, I would yeah. be shocked. I'd be shocked if that happened. That's the other aspect of this. Like again, on paper, it's like oh maybe maybe we'll miss. Can't really figure this one out, but he put 73 points up on Mercer. You think that he's not going to try and come out there and make a statement? He He's the type of guy that loves to do that crap where – and I'm not giving him a hard time for it. I love that he does that. I'm a big Lane Kiffin supporter. I love his mentality as a coach. You think he's not going to show up and say that they're ranked one spot behind us, that we're not going to show up and completely uh, obliterate them and make them look silly? They're going to totally do that. That's going to be the goal of this game. They can't, Tulane can't let that happen at all. Well, and I do think that Pete Golding coming back to the state and wanting to recruit the way that he wants to recruit, recruit in places like New Orleans, I think that they've had. I think here's what I believe. Okay, because I know Pete, and I know Pete really pretty well. At least I feel like I do. Okay, former DC at Southeastern Hammond. Uh, he's a Hammond guy. I know that him and Lane Kiffin have had a discussion about recruiting and especially recruiting the state of Louisiana and he's told Lane we got to score on them as much as we can because I want to go in there and make a statement for mm. when I hit the recruiting trail mm. I do as as well as I know that man I know that that conversation's been had because that conversation used to be had when he was in Alabama and he would tell Saban stuff and Saban would be like yeah that's why I keep you around because I know how much you love to recruit and you do things I, I do like Ole Miss. I, I'm gonna. I don't think it's gonna be as big as some people believe, but I do think that they're able to pull it out. You ready to get to pick since we since we've walked through it? Now I I do got this one here, and I, I I'm gonna let you talk about it. But Gideon, okay, says, have y'all talked about Notre Dame and NC State yet? Okay, I have to. Yeah, well, okay. Let's let's talk about this really quick before we get to the picks. Well, what were you thinking? I, they struggled with UConn. NC State struggled with UConn. Jim Moore's got that thing humming up there, UConn, baby. I played UConn. Playoffs. I played Playoffs. against UConn when I was in college. Joe, okay. that was 72 years ago. I'm 25. Settle down there, old man. I <laughs> That was seven years ago. No, that wasn't. That was Can you do basic math? That was... You were 21. You were five years ago. Okay, so five, five years, years ago. They had that was when they were really bad. You know what's happened in five years? They have dis they disbanded the football program and then brought it back. We almost beat UConn, first of all. They're a slight step better than they were in it when Jim we Jim Moore's got that thing humming, man. Look, I'm not trying to do the, you know, the transitive property here of comparing things, but dude, I'm not afraid of NC State. I will say this though. If Notre Dame does not handedly beat NC State on the road, I am immediately 
slapping the we need to be careful against Ohio State. Oh, because but that's my whole point is that NC State leading into the season was talked about being a tricky opponent, potentially. Joe, you need to be careful. I'm not Ohio State anyway. Dude, I'm not afraid of Ohio State. But if they suck against NC State and they struggle, then that game is going to be a much different story. Well, you did. I mean, they have dudes on Ohio State's team now. Like, don't get that twisted. They don't have a quarterback. That you don't know that yet. Joe, we can't make a determination off of a kid in one start. I will. Okay. You want to do that? What about Anthony Richardson going 35% his first game with four picks? How do you like that part? You didn't do it for him. Well, that's a different story, though. I wasn't evaluating okay. him as a college quarterback. I was evaluating Joe him as a with below prospect. 50% in his first start right. for under Fair. 200 yards. And you can't do that, man. You gotta All let right. you gotta let these co- Joe. Do you know how crazy that is? Oh well, he didn't look that great. Well, you know what they did look good in defensively. Fair point. It's a fair point. I'll Sam Hartman's that. gonna have that that Coliseum tattoo is gonna get ripped off his leg. I will concede that point, but my here my my main point here is that Notre Dame needs talking about how Tulane's a statement opportunity for Ole Miss. NC State's a real statement opportunity for Notre Dame to say, hey, you guys think that your your mid-tier ACC teams are going to be a challenge for us? That's nothing. We're going to blow past them. I know people are bringing up Brandon Armstrong being a good quarterback, but look, I didn't see much that impressed me with the way that he played against UConn. Again, they, they had an opportunity to demolish UConn, and they didn't. They stumbled. They struggled. They don't have very many explosive athletes. Their defense is not as good as it used to be in the past. I'm not worried about an NC State. Notre Dame needs to kick their ass. Uh, Gerard Jones says those are fighting words, De Leon. I'm sorry, Gerard. <laughs> All right. You know what another game I'm looking forward to watching? Outside of Wisconsin and, and Wazoo, I am really intrigued by Arizona and Mississippi State. Really? I, yes. Because I want to – look, you played Southeastern Louisiana year, uh, last week if you're Mississippi State. Can you really run that ball against a Power 5 opponent? Can you – like, okay, like how serious does LSU need to – like is that really going to be a good game in, in two weeks? Like what do we got going on at Mississippi State? Now, Mississippi State always has these three-star athletes that they find out of nowhere. Mm. It, Dan Mullen had more three-star defensive linemen that are scattered across Pe- Preston Smith. Uh, I forget the other one that he plays for the Titans – um, but he always just has random. Justin Simmons? Is it Justin Simmons? Might be. Yeah, it is Simmons. Yeah. It is Simmons. Just but... bug me. Okay. <laughs> oh, Justin Simmons is the is the uh, defensive back. Forget, just ignore me. All right, anyway. Here's our picks for the week, Joe. Texas at Alabama, Colorado versus Nebraska, Ole Miss and Tulane, Miami and Texas A&M, Wisconsin and Wazoo. You and I both picked the first four games the exact same. I don't know if that's good or if that's bad, but I am five and five currently. I I, I literally went over last week, and you went Yuck. total went seven and three, uh, three and two last week. Um, want to run through some of these picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I just think Alabama's going to be too much for Texas. I, I don't think that they. I, I got to see Texas actually go into Tuscaloosa and win before I say that they're back. I, I have to. 
Yeah, uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk crap, even though we kind of did that a little bit earlier. But like my definitive set answer here is Quinn has not looked as good as he needs to be. I'm sticking with Alabama at home. They're going to run the football. They're going to win this football game. Colorado at Nebraska. We just talked about that. I, I do think that Colorado is able to pull this one out. I think they have too many green grass athletes. I want Nebraska to be good. But, Joe, I don't, I don't think that they can pull this one out. Yeah, I don't – again, as I said earlier, I have no idea how this game actually truly plays out. I don't know what the score is going to be. I, I just – we have enough evidence that the elite athletes, elite, elite athletes that Colorado has is going to be enough for them to win this game pretty easily. If there is one game that I'm really intrigued by, it is that one this week. I know yes. that everybody's going to be watching Alabama and Texas. I am too. I'm well, just, the, that's the night game, and then the this is the morning game. game. This is the only good morning or day game for you. This is the only good noon game. Yep, that's true. Ole Miss at Tulane. Joe, I mean, what do we do? We really need to break this down. Yeah, Ole Miss. Okay. As fun as it would be if they if they got upset, uh, I'm going with Ole Miss. Look. If Tulane beat, let, let me just get, let me just say something. If Tulane beat Ole Miss, they, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that nobody's going to agree with, but I live in this state. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. They're going to, they're 17 fans are going to be barking for them to go to the SEC. I'm telling you. Wait, 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 wait. wait. If 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 in the last three games that they've played, if they uh -huh. beat USC and Ole Miss, their fan base is going to beg for them to make a bid for the SEC or or make a bid to get in another power uh, power five conference, aka the Big Twelve. Yeah, now, uh, they can't get in the SEC. Come on, they cannot they can go to the ACC. I think that they realist. I think the ACC would be a ACC. really nice fit for them. I think they'd be a they really could nice all, fit. They could also want to be in the Big Twelve too. Because what has Brett yeah. Yurmark done? He went and got big, big uh, TV markets. New Orleans is a pretty big TV market. Yeah. So, we'll no, see. All right, so we both got Ole Miss in that one. Here's probably, Joe, for me, the I am going to have my, my eyes glued on this one, Texas A&M at Miami. We both uh, took Texas A&M. You said that you don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either, but I don't think that Miami has anything to stop with what AM is going to run there on the outside. But you are right, and I will concede where you're when you're right on things. I want to see if if, if shit gets tough in this game if Jimbo does not rely on him going back to mm. call plays. Mm. That's a good point. I think too that we're going to get a real test here for Weigman because. Miami has some really good defensive backs that I brought up on the last show. Cam Kitchens is a projected first-rounder on my board. They've got the athletes, but can they attack any of the weaknesses that they have outside of those safety positions? My big thing, though, why I'm leaning really heavy on Texas A&M, and again, the, the sparked ire of Miami fans is hilarious because I didn't even predict this to be a blowout. If Tyler Van Dyke, Tyler Van Dyke has to be perfect. Tyler Van Dyke can't turn the ball. Do you over. really he think he's got to be perfect for them to win? Yes, because this is this is a good team with oh, a Joe good perfect defense. Is him defense. going twenty five for twenty five for three hundred and fifty yards and four scores. Let me rephrase. Okay, Tyler Van Dyke can't make stupid mistakes. 
one stupid mistake immediately gives the gives Texas A&M a huge advantage because once they watch him make one huge mistake, they're going to get him to do it multiple times. That is my problem with him as a quarterback. Y'all want to give me shit for that take? I don't care. He has continually, time and time again, made highly questionable decisions with the football and gone back to those terrible decisions. I have watched it the whole time that he's played on, at Miami, not just on the broadcast footage, but when I've gone back and watched the All-22 tape. He has struggled so hard with decision-making. I have never thrown out tape quicker than I have than watching Tyler Van Dyke. And if Texas A&M is smart, which he went right back to doing the same crap against Miami of Ohio. They're making excuses for him against Miami of Ohio. You think Texas A&M is not going to find a way to steal that football from him? Well, Two picks well, for him. Here's the thing. He does not read pressure well, and nope. that D-line is going to get after him pretty heavily. Can Miami run the football? I think is going to be a big thing, and why this keep that's why, you know why it could be close. But I don't think that they're going to be able to. I don't think they're going to be able to move this defensive line for four quarters. I, I, I really, I really, really don't. Here's the last thing I want to put out there on the ether, and I'm going to clip this. If Miami somehow wins this game, if Miami wins the game and Tyler Van Dyke plays like shit, you guys didn't prove anything to me. Because I said this game could be close and there's a possibility and a path for them to win if they run the ball well. But if my man Tyler Van Dyke goes 15 for 30 for 150 yards and a well, pick if or two, he goes that, they're not winning. My point is, though, is if he puts them an ugly stat line, like I'm not, I'm not playing that game. I'm not even going to waste. I'm just going to post the clip and I'm not this clip of me saying this and I'm, I'm just going to stop responding because that is the most mouth breather argument to then try and dunk on me after I basically was proven right that your quarterback's not very good. Let me ask you this question on the two games before we get to our final one. Okay. What would it, if So we have Texas losing and we have Miami losing, right? Mm -hmm. What does it say about Sark and Cristobal if they both lose their, their games? Uh, I'm more worried about Sark because of the timeline that both of these guys and where they are. I think that for Sark, it shows he's stepping into the SEC. Can he actually compete with the top? He clearly can't. But for Cristobal, it's going to take some time. You know, not everyone's immediate. I think that they are an eight-win football team this year, which is a huge progression from last year. If they lose this game, I'm not really as worried. I'm giving them one more year. I, I don't think that's a bad take. I do think it would say a lot about Sark, though. Sark, this – look, man – this is as must-win of a game as you can find. Like, if yes. there's a must-win game for a coach, this is as must-win as yeah. you can find. All right. Our last one, Wisconsin and Wazoo. This is our only split. I know what you're doing here, okay? You're going Cam Ward. Yes. That's the Cam only Ward looked amazing last week. Wazoo. It's the only reason why you're picking Wazoo. It has nothing to do with the personnel around him. None of it. It has it's all about uh, your boy at quarterback. Yeah, damn right it is. Cam Ward's a guy, man. He's a gunslinger. He yeah, played great last week. Offense and defensive lines, DBs, linebackers, running backs, none of that comes into account. It's not. It's all about the quarterbacks. It's obviously not, but if I'm betting on someone to take over this game and throw some points up on the board, I'm picking my man, Cam Ward. They both played bad opponents last week. And one looked very different than the other. Yeah, I will say this. You were pretty high on Tanner Mordecai, and I was like, man. I regret, I regret that. Yeah, but but he didn't get a lot of help. 
that roster is a year or two away of getting the personnel that they want in there so they can actually run what they want to run. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, you're just a you're FCS homer, and you see a quarterback. Cam That's not Wood. it. He's got a cannon, man. He's going to be a high draft pick. No, you know who wide. also you know who also has a cannon. Yeah. Joe Milton. Him. By the okay. way, how do you how did you how did you think he looked? I think a lot of the stuff that I talked about was true, that he can rip it, but when he misses, it's because of a lack of touch. Like I, I still don't yeah, know. He it, does not have a changeup whatsoever. No, bro, did you uh, see the slant, the slant that he threw in the second quarter? The screen that he threw, bro. People were making fun of him that if the if the receiver wouldn't have caught the ball because it was right here at his helmet, that it would have stuck in his face mask. It was thrown so hard. Yeah, man, he's got to really figure that out. And I don't know if it's too late. I don't know if we're too far gone and the season started that he's not going to be. Just run four verts every play, man. Just run as many deep route concepts, post routes, go routes. Just do it every single play if you can't, now, you can't take the speed off. They did not help him either. In the first no. half, he had no help. No. He he would do. I'll give him this. He was putting some balls on a dime, on a dime, and they were getting dropped. Yeah. So can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. It looks bad on Joe Milton, but man, if you really watched that game, you would have saw like, like Joe in the first half. They took two shots that got dropped, and I'm like, bruh. Their run game looked good, though, which is massive. Eh. Agree to disagree. They need K. They need Mays back. They need their center back. They need their anchor back. Yeah, they were not get. They were not getting a push at times. At times, man, look right. who they played Virginia, dude. Like, I mean, they'll get tested eventually. Yeah, they're called Georgia. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys again on Sunday. Sunday. We'll be back. Yeah. Maybe we'll do. Who knows what we'll do. We'll definitely be back Sunday. You all have a good night. Peace. Ben online.